wow, how much more fun is it to celebrate other people's wins? That makes it much easier for me to celebrate my wins. And now I think about when I put something out there, it's a share. It's not necessarily a competition. So it, like that was a hard thing for me because I'd been trained to compete for so many years of gymnastics. And I was in that mindset of competition. You're very unique. You're like a snowflake. So it's not even possible to compare you to someone else. It's not even a thing. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, hello, audio friends. This is episode 135 of The Medicine with myself, Mimi, my love, Chase, and our friend, Allison Pillow. Allison is an author, dynamic fitness trainer, and energy coach specializing in rapid permanent change through corrective exercise, metabolic nutrition, and energetic alignment. We sat down with her to talk all about real empowered self-care. We've all heard this term self-care hundreds of times, thrown around, applied to everything from a spa day to shopping sprees, or we swing the other way, beating ourselves up for not finding time to exercise, or we work out so hard that we suffer from joint and back pain, we struggle with diet, stress, and insomnia. <sighs> that kind of health and wellness is not relaxing, it's not joyful, and it definitely doesn't feel like self-care. Allison's new book, Finally Thriving, which I had the opportunity to read myself, invites wellness into your life in a whole new way, bringing genuine self-care to your health and fitness routine with you in the driver's seat. She helps people feel strong, confident, and calm in their bodies for life-changing results with practical, proven energy skills, including mindfulness, reflection, and deep affirmations. Allison wants to help you tap into your creative expression, understand yourself, embrace your joy, and create the body and life you want, starting right now. Ugh, doesn't that sound incredible? <laughs> we hope you enjoy our conversation with Allison. She is such an earth angel and truly just wants to see people living their best lives on purpose. As always, if you like the episode, please share or consider leaving us a review. We appreciate every single one of you. Cheers, my loves. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi, and I have my love, my king here with me. What is going on, everybody? This is Chase. Super stoked today because we have a homie on the podcast, somebody we have had the absolute pleasure of getting to know over the last, yeah, a few months at up at Paul Checks, and uh, so stoked to have you on. Allison, welcome to the Medicine Podcast. Thank you, Mimi and Chase. I really appreciate you having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. Well, we will jump into it because we have a whole list of questions for you. And uh, the first question that we ask every guest on the medicine is 
what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human? Yes. Um, so I really love one, one aspect of myself. I, I'll bring it into myself because that's all I can do is perceive that way. But it's uh, my voice. I really love my voice. I've been getting to know it more most recently and just really getting so much joy out of playing around with my range and mm. expressing myself that way. So I, if it, if I were to give a gift to anybody, it would be to, I would gift them their own personal expression, you know, or the gift of voice because the gift of voice for me has been uh, life-changing. It's just changed everything from my uh, soul to my, uh, to how I show up in the world, to my, even my physical body. Mm. So it, it's just been so profound the way that um, I've been able to connect with it. It's, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's a part of me. It's a part of my energy signature that I really love. And so, yeah, that would cool. be, I love it. I love that. <laughs> I love that answer. Um, it's definitely something that I've experienced as well, obviously being, and you have, a, you have a podcast as well. So like I using do. your voice yeah. is, uh, obviously in alignment with where your soul is taking you. And it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're, you're speaking to the actual like voice, the, the pitch, the tone, the, the range as you call it, but also maybe like the energetics of your voice and, and also what you have to say, like, what are the ideas yes. and things like, is that on the right track? Absolutely. All aspects of it, even through writing, through writing the book that we'll be talking about today. Uh, that was an aspect of my voice that I was very excited to express and share so just looking at it from all ways of expression, you know, it's mm -hmm. you know, from sound to what we're actually saying to perception, insights, writing it out, you know, all of those things. Yes. Yeah. That's so important. It's actually bringing up for me, like in my healing journey and when we were divorced and, you know, we both had our various rock bottoms. And as I was sort of coming out of that, um, I hadn't been happy, I think, in a really long time. And one of the indicators, I think, of, of me realizing that I was starting to find happiness again was the fact that I found myself uh, singing, like, to myself yeah. alone yeah. in my condo and being like, wow, I haven't, I haven't done this in a really long time. Or, like, catching myself in the mirror, uh, kind of humming, um, even finding myself, like, speaking more openly um, in group environments and, and just using my voice or something that that had hit me maybe by what I'd read or heard and then sharing it and articulating it to, uh, you know, public places. And I was just like, man, this is kind of like a vital sign of being happy is the comfort to be vulnerable and use mm -hmm. your voice in front of other people. Yes, and so, yeah. yeah, I love that. I think it's a probably an underrated, like vital sign of happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. And, and within relationships, it's helped me so much communicate more authentically with my partner you know, mm -hmm. yeah. from not yeah. being afraid to, to hurt them or to, um, you know, you, you get this feeling with a partner sometimes that you want to take care of each other, but then sometimes that's not really serving the other person. So yeah. learning how to, uh, you know, communicate through, like you said, Chase, like really, uh, exploring that range of your mm -hmm. voice in different ways helps you to show up more as yourself. And that makes the relationship so much better too. 
Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you are empowering yourself through your voice and authenticity at the same time that you are also empowering your partner and the relationship. I know that that's a lesson that I have had to learn and I'm still learning uh, in this life is, you know, part one of our relationship. I was not using my voice in a way that it was supportive of our relationship or myself and um, call it programming or teaching or religion or whatever it was. Um, insecurity, my default was to suppress when anything was maybe uncomfortable rather than use my voice in a creative way, not using your voice to hurt somebody, even if it is your truth or your authenticity, but learning tools to share your voice and your ideas, especially with your most intimate partner, um, what's kind of going on in your inner world in a way that is constructive and authentic rather than just the default of suppression. And and that's when I was the sickest. And when our relationship was the sickest, certainly there was other factors in in it, but it, that wasn't a coincidence that me learning how to use my voice in a constructive way really contributed to the health, the overall health and vitality of now, what is our part two, I think for both of us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's hitting home when you, when you speak about voice for sure. Absolutely. The suppression aspect is it resonates with me heavily because I experienced that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if you are a projector in human design. Do you know? Oh, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, you're not. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that's one of the things that you know can go wrong for projectors. I'm a projector. Is when you're not using oh, yeah. your voice that it it you know. But certainly that can. It, yeah, it, it's, I'm, it I'm a generator. I'm oh, a generator. Okay. I'm like yeah. the most uh, biggest percentage of all people. But um, you know, uh, yeah, I I think that we could all learn so much about ourselves from our voice. I mean, it's like when I take singing, I I do voice uh, lessons with a voice teacher and we sing, but we also just make a lot of sounds. Mm. So it was really interesting. I discovered the way I make sounds and the way I was expressing my voice was basically how I Uh, did life. So um, as a gymnast, I was a gymnast from like age to uh, six, about five or six to 22. Wow. And it was like, I was, I I was using my voice. Like I stuck a landing, you know, and she was like, (laughs) she was like, Hey, you know, let it, let it like extend out, you know, Mm. and glide a little bit more than just ending it there. And it was so restrictive and just like tight. And I realized a lot about myself from just the way I was using my voice. And so that translated to a lot more in my life and Mm. and how I was able to show up that way too. It's like we are this, these holistic beings or something where I know, like, like bleed the figure, go figure, wild, (laughs) which is the perfect segue because, you know, I have your book here, Finally Thriving, which is just amazing. And I've been able to dive into it and and really um, gain some wisdom from your perspective. Um, and, uh, I think it's just a perfect segue into who you are in the world. Can you give us a, a quick summary of who you are in the 3d world and, <laughs> and the work that you do and, and how it is that you help other people? Yes. I I'm an author now because I just wrote a book. So I consider myself an author. This is the yeah. new 3d role I'm stepping into as well as a speaker. And I call myself an inspirational speaker. 
And uh, of course, I'm a coach as well. And I've been doing uh, nutrition, lifestyle and fitness coaching for almost 20 years now. I started with the Czech Institute back in 2006. And before that, (laughs) yeah, I know. I know. When I went to those workshops, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is a blast from the past. That's the first time I'd been really to one of his classes in so long. I can't remember the last time it was. So, um, yeah. So, uh, before that I had graduated from Georgia state university with an exercise science degree. So I've been in fitness and health for quite some time now. And, um, that has been my 3d life and what I've been really comfortable with showing up as for, for some time now. And now I'm stepping into a very more, much more uncomfortable place, uh, but fun, very fun place. And a place that I really have been wanting to step into for some time now. And I haven't given myself permission until now to really put myself out there and to be a little bit uncomfortable and try some new things and see myself differently and make mistakes, you know, gracefully and all of these things and learn from them and play. So this is where I'm at right now. So, you know, that's, that's the 3d Allison is, is how she shows up really through, you know, writing a book, coaching and, um, yeah, just writing a book and coaching basically yeah, is what yeah, I'm yeah. doing right now in podcasting. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And, and yeah. you have, uh, you and your partner have a restaurant, right? Yeah, we have a restaurant called Primal Burger here in Portland. There's two locations and it's a uh, grass fed local beef and uh, all organic and, and uh, really he caters to all food sensitivities. And so he's really good about that. It's really my husband's uh, gig. So I, I don't oh, really okay. have any part of it, but oh. you know, <laughs> yeah. but support I, though. Support yeah, exactly. And, and just but, your, your, but I go there and, and eat pretty yeah. often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys have been kind of ahead of the curve too. Cause it, it sounds like, you know, talking to some friends up in that area that, that you guys have been, been there a little while and yeah, uh, yeah. Kind, of, kind of ahead of the grass-fed local 360 type approach to to out uh eating so that's that's super exciting i'm really curious like i'm an i'm a former athlete i i played basketball in my youth and i was in club and i i literally played 12 months a year all the way through college and i'm still deprogramming from (laughs) from athletics and yes i understand that yeah hostile (laughs) environment and and just hearing the fact and knowing that you were a gymnast and actually having a lot of friends who grew up in gymnastics and kind of a toxic culture, uh, at least from yeah. what I observed, how has that like morphed and shaped, shaped you into, into what you work on and where your passions live today? Yeah. So yeah, sports can be sometimes toxic and in, in what it teaches us. Right. And, and, uh, gymnastics for me, I had to learn how to appreciate the good aspects and the not so great aspects of it. Um, it, it taught me discipline. It taught me persistence. And, um, it, it actually trained me to focus on something when I was younger, I had, um, ADHD and I, I, I didn't get any medication for it. Cause there, that wasn't really a thing then, but, um, I was, and I don't know, this could be why I had ADHD, but I was on this allergy medication called ActiFed. So it was like speed basically. So I was, you know, I was like forced to sit down all day in class and just hated it. Cause I couldn't, you know, sit still. And so gymnastics was a really great way for me to, uh, harness that energy and learn how to do that on a physical level. Um, and then from gymnastics, I also learned how to visualize and meditate before Mm. I even knew what meditation was. I would go through these visualization practices really to help train my brain, to be able to do those skills. Cause otherwise it's really hard to do if you're, if you're 
you're not training your brain to do that. So, um, those are some really good aspects I learned, of course, connection and being a part of a, a team and a group and all of those things. And, um, some of the, uh, not so great aspects that I brought into my adulthood would be more about, um, uh, having to, you know, take life so seriously, control everything. Perfectionism was a big one for me because literally you're getting judged all the time in gymnastics. And I thought about this the other day. I'm like, I had to get out in front of all these people in this little leotard that hardly covered anything and I do all these moves and stuff. I'm like, what? That's like, I always wished in gymnastics that we had some, because we practiced in these like, um, these like biker shorts, you know, that we pulled up over our leotard. And I was like, why can't we just compete with that on, you know, because, mm. like, <laughs> yeah. but it was really exposure in the, yeah. in the biggest way that I felt when I was a kid. And it was so much exposure to, to the extent that I had to, to, in order to survive in that situation, I felt like I really had to put up a lot of armor and, and disconnect a whole bunch from myself. So yeah. So that was my defense mechanism in that scenario. And then on top of that, as a gymnast and probably most athletes experience, this is that you really have to suppress emotions when you're in there because, you know, you're being judged on your performance and, uh, you have to act like you're holding it all together all of the time. And, uh, it, it's a hard, it's really hard to do that because you have to really push away both the physical pain and the emotional pain mm. in order to keep going because it's a very, a very hard sport. So, um, I, I, you know, I didn't, this is what I learned when I was younger. So I, I brought that into my adulthood too. And so I had to kind of unlearn that as an adult and, uh, learn how to connect with myself where I wasn't putting up the armor. I was, um, exposing myself, of, you know, instead of trying to dim myself to fit in or trying to shape shift Allison to fit into the crowd or whoever, whoever I was around to be accepted and liked. And so, because that's all I knew, that's all I knew how to do. And, and then I, and then I think it was actually the, the check, first, one of my check uh, courses, I, maybe it was level three HLC and he had us do this art class. And I've shared this on his show before that, like I sat down and I looked at the paper and everybody's like drawing these beautiful drawings. And I'm, I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. No one told me what to do. I've, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've always been told what to do. So yeah. what do I do? And, and that, at that moment, I was like, oh my God, I, what, what's happening here? What, what is going on? Like, I should be able to do this, you know? So that, that, uh, really opened me up to the things that I wanted to work on, on myself and, and really just, it really just came down to peeling the layers off of my, my own protection mechanisms and, and survival mode techniques that I had been holding on as a, as a child. Yeah. yeah. And those things, those shells or those protective mechanisms serve a purpose in the moment, because exactly. if, you're, if you're a gymnast and you're getting, you're doing these, I've always thought this, this uh, uh, gymnast specifically, you are doing backflips and springs and, you know, on the beam and the, the bars and everything like what it seems like humans shouldn't even be able to do. Like you're defying right. gravity. You're defying all these rules of the human body. And there's some, you know, judge that's, you know, judging you with a point, point five percent or point three or point zero five. And it's like, if, if, 
if that, if you didn't have those shells, just that little, that bit of judgment could break someone down. Right. Like, yeah. And so those, my point is, is that those shells in your childhood served a purpose for you to get through gymnastics with your sanity intact. Right. Because you couldn't be a gymnast if you broke down emotionally every single time you weren't judged 10 out of 10, which does that even happen? I don't know. <laughs> no, um, you never reach that level of perfection that you're always trying to attain. It's not, you're never enough. It's, yeah. there's always more to do, you know? And that was the thing that created a lot of suffering for me because I could never be in the moment or present with what I was doing mm. or who I was with, because yeah. I was always thinking about the next thing or what I needed to do to attain this level of perfection that I was trying to, you know, whatever it was. Um, and yeah, it, it was, I just didn't, you know, I, I didn't take into consideration what that does to a mind that's yeah. developing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally get it. I, um, completely resonate with that as a, as a youth athlete and, and, you know, I spent my early career applying the programming of what it meant to be an athlete to my profession and my personal life. And which was like, it's got to hurt, you know, to be productive. <laughs> exactly. you got to push yeah. through it. It's going to, you got to go grind. Yeah. It's got to be, you know, hundred out of a hundred you know, rest, rest is for the week, you know, these yeah. kind of, these types of ideas. Yeah. That are just locked I'm in. Dead. yeah like, <laughs> we look to these athletes that are complete, you know, psychopaths and uh, we, we worship them like idols yet. Yeah. We can't, you know, live a, a full fruitful life if we just apply that. So I totally resonate with that. Um, would love yeah. to know, like we, we love, as we just get to know you a little bit further, um, what are your views on God? What are your views on the divine? Do you subscribe to any, you know, religion, epistemology, specific philosophy? Well, you know, I grew up being Southern Baptist and I was at a, a very, very liberal church in Atlanta. And uh, it, we, it was so liberal that we had a gay minister. So it was just, oh, wow. Like, wow. it was unheard of. Right. And I didn't realize that at the time, but this, is, yeah, it was and it's still around. Oakhurst Baptist Church is okay. a great little community. But what I learned from that was about community really was what I got out of it. And then I'd go to my uh, cousin's church and it'd be like a little bit more fire and brimstone. Like I'd visit her, I'd go with her like as a guest and um, and. Uh, they'd be like scaring all the kids telling you know, you're not, you know, you're going to go to hell if you're not saved. So everybody close your eyes and raise your hand if you're not saved. And I was just like, what the heck is this? So early on, I just knew that something wasn't, wasn't right about that, you know, and I always questioned it. I was like, huh, this, you know, there's, this doesn't sound right you know, to me at all about what really true is true. And so I never, as, as I got older, I didn't really hang on to any religion because it didn't resonate with me so much. And, um, I started gravitating more to spirituality and, um, self-growth and, and things like that. And cause that just really felt better for me and what I needed. Um, and you know, I, I went through the years with the Czech Institute, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat's kind of doing some funny things. Um, I went to through the years with the Czech Institute and learning about spirituality through Paul's point of view. And um, then I uh, learned about pranic healing and learned about energy work. And, and then uh, it took me to emotional coaching with John McMullen and that group journeys of wisdom. So I started just looking at it from all aspects and, and really what it's brought me back to is full circle to uh just the simplicity of life, you know, just looking at like what 
I wasn't seeing before, what I didn't notice before about my life, what I can appreciate about my life, how I can get more present with my life. And, you know, it's, it's really about all that right now and, and connecting. And that for me is um, <clears throat> connecting with the divine source uh, and being more of a clear channel for that to come mm. through is what I'm getting more of these days. And so however that is uh, expressed is how I'm going to express it in the moment. And so with the book, you know, it's the same thing. Like it just, I'm learning that um, creative expression is a form of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a spiritual experience. You know, you're, you're experiencing yourself, your, your own expression as, you know, whatever you're, your, your is, is coming down energetically gets physically manifested through your expression, whatever it is. So me, to me, that's just fascinating, you know? And so, um, I think whatever tools you're using, whatever religion you're using, whatever spiritual text you're, you're resonating with, I mean, go, you know, dive into that and, and find what that is for you. For me, um, <clears throat> it is, is just, uh, you know, exploring my, my own self and expression that way. And then finding the oneness within my life with the people I come across, um, and seeing myself in them, them seeing myself and in, in themselves in me, to me, that's true connection. So finding that connection through the, the divine, through connecting with source, and then your higher self is to me, like, that's my spiritual experience yeah. right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Hey, homies, whether you are wanting to improve your overall health, build healthy muscle, or boost your immune function, what is not talked about enough is our sleep. We need regular, deep, restorative sleep in order for all of our body's different systems to operate at top notch, no matter what our goals are. This is where our good friends at Ned come through big time for me. The most effective combination I have found for quality sleep is the Sleep Blend Hemp Oil and the Mellow Magnesium Powder from Ned. I use both individually and in combination about an hour before bed and I sleep like a baby. If you want to dive even deeper into all of Ned's incredible products and backstory, you can listen to episode number 49 of The Medicine where Chase and I interview Adrian Zimmerman, co-founder of Ned. And to give your body the blessing of great sleep ASAP, try these organic and wildcrafted products at helloned.com and you can use the code medicine, that's M-E-D-I-C-I-N for a nice discount. Then enjoy sleeping like a sweet, sweet baby. Cheers. I love yeah, that. I love that. We align with so much of that. And it, it's something that allows you so much freedom when you approach it that way, like allowing your, allowing yourself the space to continue to evolve. You know, we say to each other all the time, like, isn't it wild where, where we are today versus, you know, even two years ago. And if you would have told me back then, like, oh yeah, you're going to be reading this books, these books, or interviewing these people, or, you know, really reflecting on these concepts within yourself, I would have been like, whoa, really? <laughs> and um, it, it's so wonderful that, that you are experiencing that in your life and that you're able to just lean into what is coming through whatever 
uh, modality, you know, it, it is, whether it's writing a book or coaching or singing or, or whatever, it's like using yourself as the vessel of interacting with God through your creative expression is what yeah. I'm hearing from you. Absolutely. I, I really connecting with play a lot these days. Mm, love that. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to play a lot when I was younger. Mm. Um, I did to a certain point. And then when I got serious about gymnastics, it was all business. So yeah. I am doing that now, which feels really spiritually aligned with what I need to be doing and, or what I want to be doing. So to me, um, and we don't, we don't really give play a lot of, uh, a lot of credibility in our no. lives, right? We no. just think, oh, we'll play when we're finished with our work, but yeah. actually you need to play right now because yeah. uh, it's very important for you to connect with yourself that way, I think. And play and, is part of the work too. Exactly, right? exactly, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah we're, we're in a place where the, people are afraid to make mistakes or, or do mm -hmm. anything wrong. And it's like, well, part of it, part of life is making mistakes, but what, a, what is a mistake anyway? Right. It's, yeah. it's just play. <laughs> so. yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. Speaking of, of, of freedom and allowing yourself the space to change and evolve. Um, you know, if you could speak to when was the last time that you significantly changed your mind about something and, uh, and what was it? If you, if you can speak to that. Hmm, there's so many times in my life that I've done that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that, uh, you know, more more recently, um, see how I can put this into words. So, you know, I learned about, like I, I, I shared with you guys that I learned about energy work through pranic healing and, and through the and Czech Institute and all of these different things. And I, would, I was doing all these things for years but I wasn't really acknowledging how real it was in my life. And so um, it wasn't until I just acknowledged that, oh my God, like my imagination is real. Like this energy that I'm feeling is real. All these things that are happening behind the scenes are real. It's not just, you know, me making this stuff up. Um, that was, that, that really changed a lot of things for me. And, and I think there was a fear of me looking silly or being too woo woo or, you know, people not taking me seriously. Mm. And I, I realized that uh, you know, no one else is, well, some people are worried about that, but everybody's just doing what they, they need to do. And there, and there's a lot of people that, you know, are taken sincerely when they, um, they talk about this stuff. So why, what am I do? Why am I holding back? Why am I afraid to acknowledge this part of myself and this part of my life? And so that's when I really stepped fully into it and then started writing the book. I was like, I'm going to expose parts of how I think here. And, um, you know, I, and, and I really wanted to share that with people too, because I feel like we're in such a 3d world at times that people don't acknowledge enough, the behind the scenes, the energetics that happen. And it's, it's actually one of the most powerful ways of manifesting your, your reality. And we're just mm -hmm. not talking about it. It's we're starting to more and more, but we hadn't been. And, um, we acted like it wasn't a thing, you know, but yet all these people are using it and they're doing it and they're doing it behind the scenes, sometimes for yeah. good, sometimes for bad. But, um, you know, you have to first acknowledge it within yourself and how it all works and, and discover that. Um, and so that's what I did. And it was pretty liberating because I was like, you know, this is something I really, uh, 
I really love about myself. I'm really interested in learning more about, and I want to not keep pretending that this is not happening or, you know, um, I'm coming out of the closet, so to speak with this, <laughs> with the energy part of myself. So, um, yeah. And, and so that was really, that really, you know, helped me step into more of expressing myself the way I wanted to, and just stop pretending like, and, and I think I just was presenting myself as this like I'm a trainer, I'm a, you know, physical trainer and I can help you with all the physical, but, you know, I talk to people all the time about all the energetic stuff too. And I'm like, yeah, we, we need to talk more about this because, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, I think a lot of people are suppressing that part of themselves too. And it's, it's, a, in my opinion, as we're going into this different state of reality here, um, it's, it's so important for us to learn how to navigate it with practical skills. And so that's what I wanted to share with everybody is that it is accessible to everybody. And, um, so that at that point in my life, I learned, Hey, I can teach this to people and I can also use it myself. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I love yeah, that. I, I'm so grateful you're doing that. It's, it's Thank you. so needed. And, and I think it's just, uh, you know, people listening and, and just coming into contact with you, it's, it's, it's familiar. And that, that lesson and those teachings, you know, uh, resonate and it's, it's super real, you know, a big piece of our show is, is taking these perceived like roadblocks in life, you know, stumbling blocks, if you will, and, and turning them into catalysts, turning them into like stepping stones into the potential for evolvement or learning something. And, you know, our divorce is, is, you know, a testament to that. It was literally the most painful thing that either one of us had been through at that time. And, uh, you know, over the course of three years or so turned it into just the most transformative teacher and, and healing opportunity. What for you has been, uh, you know, a perceived roadblock, difficult situation, challenge uh, that you look back on now and, and have just gratitude for it's been such a teacher for you. Yeah. So uh, I will, I'll go with the theme of relationships on this one, because this has been really a teacher for me as well. Uh, my husband and I have been married. We're going on our 25th wedding anniversary. Wow. wow. Congrats. And thank you. <laughs> so we, we, we actually dated three years before that too. So we kind of grew up together. You know, we, we started out as kids really. I mean, in your twenties, you're, you're a child. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and with that goes, you know, each person, uh, we, we develop together and we develop separately, but when you're so intertwined with somebody, it's sometimes hard to know who you are and where you stop, where that other person begins and, and vice versa versa. And so I found myself like, uh, wondering, and he, he did too, we, we, a couple of more than once in our relationship, like, do we really want to be together? Or are we obligated to be together mm -hmm. because we have mm -hmm. two kids together mm. and because, you know, it gets to be a little bit of a business kind of feeling like a little business relationship yeah, after business a while, partners. you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the, you know, the, the passion goes out the window so we, we had to, we had to look at that and re rediscover why we were together at this point, because it was different than when we started. And, um, you know, there's been different phases of that. And I've shared with, um, on Paul's show, like we went through some polyamorous amorous stages and that was really tough because I had to deal with my own, uh, with a lot of things that were unresolved within me about attachment, about abandonment, about jealousy. Um, and 
that actually helped me discover really what I wanted from a relationship, which I hadn't mm. defined before. Um, you know, I just kind of was being, felt like I was being dragged into one situation, you know, kind of with the partner, like I, he was the boat and I was a little tug. I was the little mm. boat that was being dragged behind kind mm. of not to his fault, but it, I just was, that's what I, you know, the situation I put myself into because I let go of my, my, my power within that situation. Um, and it had to do, had a lot to do with my voice. So, um, you know, when we start to, uh, take responsibility for our life and we start to learn how to parent ourselves, then our partner is not our parent anymore. And that's really powerful. And that's what I learned is like, okay, oh my God, like we're in a codependent relationship. How can we become interdependent instead of codependent? And so luckily he's on, he was on the same page and we had to separate for some time to come back together. Sometimes in a relationship, like you said, like with you guys, it's really healing to separate and define yourselves and then come back together and find that, that common reason why you'd like to be together. And we went through a couple of those experiences as well um, and really had to dig deep. Do we really want to be together still? And we decided we did. And we're now, you know, it's, it just, we just keep learning from each other. So that's been um, a great experience um, to have him as a partner. And um, yeah, it's just, we, we just have fun together now and mm -hmm. it, we don't take everything so seriously. I feel like we have definitely, learn how to communicate better. So that's been really key. Um, and it's dependent a lot on me being honest with him and he, him being honest with me and communicating our needs in the moment, um, uh, so that we can trust each other, you know, mm -hmm. that we're actually yeah. expressing really where we are at with it, you know? Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, that's, that has been a, a journey. Oh my God. I've learned so much from my relationship with him. It's been incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we, we totally get we it. Know that it well. is, it's, such a, <laughs> it's such a mirror and it's everything you could potentially be projecting will show up and, and surface and hit you in the face, mm -hmm. whether that's, um, your own self-love issues or own insecurities. Maybe it's, yeah. Uh, just clear evidence of what your programming suggests that a relationship should look like. And all of a sudden you're acting like one of your parents that you never, that you swore you would never act like, or, <laughs> or maybe it's just cultural, societal, archetypical patterns that we find ourselves in just unconsciously. And it takes a relationship to start, you know, showing like, whoa, okay, that's, that's what they're talking about with toxic masculinity. Yeah. That's yeah. the archetype. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, I resonate with that just deeply. Yeah. You know, one thing that I, I, that resonated with me and what you're talking about is that you really had to get honest with yourself and each other and ask the question, are we together out of obligation, out of a literally a marriage license contract that we signed yeah. how many, you know, years ago and, and really allow yourself the freedom to have that open, authentic conversation with yourself and your partner and really truly look at, you know, am I choosing this or is, do I feel like it's just chosen me? You know, exactly. am, I, am I in this just because, or am I choosing my partner? And, and that's, you know, one reason why we get asked all the time, like, are you guys going to get married again? Uh, some people think just assume that we're married, you know, married, divorced. Oh, well, of course they would just, you know, get married. And it's, it's something that we've had to, you know, talk about and, and just be open and honest about, you know, what's really serving our relationship right now 
and we leave ourselves room to change and grow and evolve and, and expand on these ideas. But what's really serving our relationship now is showing up without that contract, without that license or whatever you want to call it, without the life jacket. Sometimes Chase uh, uses this analogy of, of, you know, love is an ocean. And sometimes a marriage contract can be sort of like a life jacket where yeah. you're, you're just kind of like, do I even know how to swim without this life jacket that I have here? And not, there's no shame in marriage or anything. Like we think it's a, it's a beautiful tradition and there's so much, um, so much to be learned through that. But, uh, what we're experiencing right now is that it's actually serving us individually and the relationship to every day choose to show up as what we can as our best authentic selves and really put in the, um, to really embody, you know, what we speak about on our podcast and what we try to help other people with is, is we want to, we want to flex those muscles and really learn how to, how to tread water without that life jacket, um, you know, out in the ocean of love. And right now, you know, it's serving us so well that we've said, like, I don't, I don't know if we'll, if we will get married again, because right now this is, we're, we're just really loving it. Yeah. We like to say, it's not, I can't live without you. It's no, I, I can live without you. Totally fine. Completely. I yes. just don't want, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm exactly. Yeah. And so, exactly. yeah, we, we, we definitely like to reframe that and yeah, so, that. such alignment, but I just love, I, I love the freedom that you allowed yourself to just even ask the question because there's plenty of people where even just asking the question, similar to just asking the you know question about God yeah. is, Oh, I don't want to ask this question about God because I don't want him to think that I don't think he's real. And I don't want to have to go to hell or whatever. It's like, we sometimes don't even allow ourselves the space to get curious about whatever the situation is. And there's so much liberation on the other side of curiosity, curiosity and, and compassion for these questions that come up naturally in the course of our lives and, and different aspects. So I just love that. And I just want to honor that in you because it's not easy. It's, it's not easy. I I can imagine. And also what we've been through, um, to just go against the grain and, and sort of create the life that you want to create and the relationship that you want to have with your partner together. Um, so major props to you. Yeah. You, you guys too. That's amazing. That takes incredible trust. And it sounds like you guys are, building that trust through the, what you're doing right now with, you know, not going into that binding contract. Cause it can be binding. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we've thought about divorcing just for that very reason. Not that we want to be separate, but we just don't want that contract over yeah. our heads, you know, cause it's, yeah. it is freeing to just be together. Cause you want to be together. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately, you know, the reason, right. That we, that we should, you know, well should, but you know, I love that so much. I think that's a, that's a fantastic idea to do it that way. And, you know, I, I had to learn how to be alone for a little while too. Like that's the other thing, the fear of being alone. A lot of yeah. people have that. Right. Oh, and that so was real. a big practice for me in, in realizing that I, uh, I can be alone and it can be fun to be alone. Yeah. And I do want to be with my partner too. And that's fun too. Mm-hmm. So we can have both at once. Um, and, you know, then you can also figure out what you want, what within the relationship, you know, what relationship needs do you need to be Mm -hmm. met there that, you know, that, that are just specific to your unique needs, not parent from a parenting perspective, but more from a partnership perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one thing that I I really wish that we would have 
you know, everything is beautiful and, and I wouldn't change anything because I, I love where I'm at. I love where we're at today. So it's like the butterfly effect, right? You don't want to change one thing, <laughs> but I see so much value in teaching young people that, uh, that concept of loving yourself on a deep level and being able to be alone with yourself and yeah. really kind of, uh, go inward before you expect a partner to be able to do that fully with you and for you. Um, and, and when you're creating your own individual dreams and goals and what I want my individual legacy to be, Chase is doing the same. Then we come together and we have a relationship legacy and dream and these goals. It, exactly. it just injects so much more vitality into your life and into your relationship. When you have these, um, these built up dreams and goals and missions that you are, you're achieving individually and yeah. together. And that's when it feels like the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And that's a big reason I wrote the book is because I had experienced that as well. And I thought, wow, like people need the tools to find that within themselves first, to build that, cultivate that, cultivate that relationship with themselves first, then they can extend that out to a partner or other people in the world. And how beautiful would that be? to be able yeah. to do that. Oh right? my gosh. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the more beautiful world that I know we, we are all a part <laughs> yeah. of and we are working to creating for sure. And you've mentioned your book a few times. Yeah. Um, let's, let's wet the whistle. As my <laughs> would say. Let's wet the whistle of the listeners on this book. It's freaking badass. Yeah, it Thank is. You. And it is, it is packed with goodness and we definitely want people to check out your book. It's called finally thriving. And, uh, we're, we're going to get into some of the goods inside, but first, can you explain who you had in mind when, as a reader, as you were writing this book, as you were putting your voice out there, who did you picture reading it? Yeah. So, um, I did write some notes about this earlier this yeah, morning, I love it. but, uh, yeah, um, I just really wanted to give, uh, the readers, the driver's seat on this one. I wanted, uh, people to read it who felt called to do that and also ready to make a big change in their life. And they just kind of in a similar situation, you always see your, your past life, your past self and, in you know, uh, in things that you create, you, you want to heal, you know, or however you healed your past self, you, you use that to teach people or help people heal themselves. And so I, I see people, you know, reading it that, that are definitely in that, in that mindset of, uh, wanting to are ready to take that next step and just become responsible for themselves on all levels, mm. basically. Um, and you know, it, whenever you get really tired of the codependent relationship, then you want to cultivate something else. Uh, sometimes we don't know how to do that so much. So, um, I thought really the easiest, um, thing to do for people would be to, um, to start with themselves and because really, you know, it, it's only you. And if you think about it, um, you know, Paul talks about this all the time and he just talked about it that last month about, um, it's all you right. And <laughs> partners, it's us. And so why not start there, you know, start with yourself. And, um, so I just think people who are ready for, for a big, um, who are open, you know, like, part of the reason I did write the book too, is I want to open people up to the right brain or creativity. Are you, you know, you feel like you're, you're creating, 
creativity, creativity is stifled. Do you feel like you've really been suppressing parts of yourself? And um, are you really pushing hard to get fit or to get healthy, but you, you keep running into all these, these roadblocks because you feel like it's so restrictive and you're not enjoying it. And so these are a lot of things my clients were coming to me with about programs they had been doing and they weren't working and they, they, they felt like they were doing everything right, but yet they were not successful in their attempts to get healthy or to feel better or to be even happy. So, um, I thought, well, you know, in the way I help my clients is through a, a way of like con- reconnecting with your inner child, reconnecting with your creativity, reconnecting with the joy in, in being and doing instead of having to do things. Cause I think what we end up doing a lot of times, especially in the fitness industry, is it becomes a parent child relationship, especially, um, as it relates to a coach and a, and a, uh, a client and these kinds of things. And then the client always wants the answers. They want you to tell them what to do. And I, you know, I tell people what to do and then they wouldn't really do it or wouldn't fall through and would fall off the wagon and kind of not really, it just wouldn't work. So I thought, well, why don't I just give the power over to them, let them decide what they want, let them decide how they want to create it. And I'll guide them through this process. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very different way to go about it because much of what we learn in our culture, especially as it relates to marketing, you know, it's like everybody we're given all like you steps, you know, step one, two, three, it's going to lead you Mm -hmm. to this result. And, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to write a book that's about results, you know, or, or trying to market myself to people. I just want to give people a gift of how they can relate to themselves, how they can guide themselves through this process and really just hone into what they want, you know, Mm -hmm. because much of what we do in our society is driven by the wants of others or what's perceived as wanted. We're, you know, our own percept, we're not even like really valuing our own perception many times. So, um, and, and granted, you know, there are some things you need guidance with. There's sometimes you need to learn new things and new skills, but then at some point you've got to switch over and own it, you know, you own mm-hmm. your experience of it, start to take the reins and, you know, you know, be the driver of your car. So, um, I, I, I felt like I just wanted to hand that over to my reader to have their own experience, their own journey through this wellness lens, um, and, you know, give them the skills to align their mind then connect with their body and then learn how to listen to their intuition and their spirit and connect deeper with that. Um, just cause, you know, we we got so much going on these days. So, Mm -hmm. This episode of The Medicine is brought to you by Optimal Carnivore. Question, do you know what the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet are? Answer, organ meats. Providing a hearty dose of vitamin A, zinc, copper, folate, B12, and more, but (laughs) they're not always appetizing to take down. I've tried. That's why we absolutely love Optimal Carnivore. Organ meats support and nourish our bodies in ways that synthetic or plant-derived nutrients are simply not capable of providing. Those who incorporate organ meats report feeling more energy, less brain fog, and like they're truly thriving. These are 100% grass-fed organ meats from New Zealand, freeze-dried and encapsulated into convenient bovine gelatin capsules. 
They choose New Zealand because it's a pure source, a pristine land with rich soil, lush greenery, and one of the cleanest environments on earth. Their products are 100% grass finished and free of all hormones, pesticides, antibiotics, and GMOs. Our ancestors would have eaten the whole animal. So Optimal Carnivore created this unique blend of nine different organs, a powerful combination including beef, liver, brain, thymus, heart, kidney, spleen, pancreas, lung, and gallbladder. Each organ contains its own unique benefits and nutritional profile and provides a large range of nutrients that support all the major organ systems. The guys at Optimal Carnivore believe everyone deserves easy access to the most nutrient-dense foods and wanted to take the guesswork and mess out of eating organ meat. They are also giving back to the planet by planting one tree for every product sold. Our favorites are the grass-fed organ complex that I mentioned and the grass-fed liver capsules. To get some more of these essential nutrients in your life, go to amazon.com forward slash optimal carnivore and use the code the medicine to save 10% on all of their products. As always, bringing you only the best, my loves. Cheers. Yeah, I, I love that. It's such a theme that we talk about basically on every episode of this podcast is is uh, taking ownership of your life expression. And yeah. it's scary, but it's also equal parts or greater liberating and freeing and fulfilling uh, because you are not a victim of circumstance. You really take the reins back, as you say, and take control and realize that you have more power than you probably ever thought was even possible. Yeah. Um, so I, I really love that. And as I was, as I was reading through it, um, what it felt like to me uh, was just the voice um, that was coming through is something that you mentioned where it's like, I feel like I'm doing all the things right, or maybe what I saw on a commercial or an Instagram ad or a post, or maybe that a, a previous trainer or coach taught me to do, but it's somehow something is missing and yeah. uh, really uh, giving them back their power to like guide themselves. And uh, yeah. maybe, maybe this person doesn't even know where to start. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. They and so, just learn how to integrate it. You know, it's, it's, and it's, you know, some skills you might use and you might say, oh, wow, this really works well for me. And so learning a level of discernment, trust, mm -hmm. and, um, and then learning how to really integrate it into your life instead of just accumulating a lot of information, yeah. um, I think is so important for people. And that was my intention behind that. Cause I, you know, um, it's, we have a lot of information right now. We have yeah, to really much. sift through, you know, Yeah. but if you're never trusting yourself and you're always running from idea to idea or strategy to strategy, looking at social media for your next, you know, thing, then you're, it's going to be really hard and you're going to mm -hmm. struggle and it's going to, it's not going to be fun. So how can you learn how to start building trust in yourself playing around with the, again, play, right. Playing around with different ideas, see what works for you, what resonates based on your alignment with your own body and your own spirit, and then take it from there and use it as a practice. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, this it's, it's packed you guys, the, it has 57 chapters. So there's no way that we could touch on all of them or anything <laughs> like that, but 
um, what I really appreciate is that at the end of each chapter, there are tangible action steps, which you just invite people into. It's not step one, step two, step three. It's like, Hey, if this is what's calling to you, try this, or maybe start here, or you could do this. Like, it's not a, it's not a to-do list. It's just, here are some ideas that could help you help you decide which direction is right for you. And so I really appreciate that because it takes, uh, it's, um, sort of like guided power. It's like, you're giving the reader power, but it's also like, but maybe think about this first or start here. And so that's really, really helpful. So as I was going through these, all these different chapters, which are amazing, um, I got quiet, asked my soul to kind of guide me on which chapters would be best to share with our audience. And so what I'd like to do is just touch on some of these chapters that jumped out at me. And then, so if you could speak to um, the intention or maybe just like a quick summary, doesn't need to be super long. I don't, my intention is not for you to, you know, go through the entire chapter um, because that would be way too much for you, but. Well, and everybody should, it's a tease. So so people can get the book and actually actually read it. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe just speaking to the intention or summary, and then um, if if one of these action steps is coming to mind for you, um, what someone could, could then, you know, they could, they could take that into their life and, and um, move forward in this this specific area. So um, I thought we would start out with chapter one, I thought was a great title called what's your default. Can you, (laughs) can you speak to that? What you meant there? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. It's about harnessing the energy of the mind where our minds, we, we kind of, we identify with our minds so much and, but yet we, we rarely reflect on what we're thinking 90% Mm -hmm. of the time. Right. So the idea for this chapter was to help people reflect on what they're, what, what they're saying to themselves 90% of the time. Is it more of a glass half empty point of view or glass half full? Are you more optimistic in your life? Are you criticizing yourself and judging yourself and and therefore judging and criticizing others most of the time? That's really more of what we learned how to do. We learned how to also not celebrate our wins and and dim ourselves just to fit into the crowd. So these are old programs Mm -hmm. to pay attention to that are running in your, in your mind. And and also continue to run through because, you know, the, a lot of media will, will continue the cycle of that too, if you're watching the news and, and all of these things. So um, are you able to get into a more positive state of mind, more um, appreciation for your life, more gratitude for the people that are in your life and that connection? Or, you know, are you, are you criticizing yourself, including your body, what you can or cannot do, um, and all of these things, that's what I wanted to bring to light on that chapter. And I give practical, real easy steps to do that. There's some key words. If you're using the words like shouldn't, couldn't, don't want, those are all what we call, um, conflict language. So that's Mm. really, for example, if you really want to do something, but you're telling yourself you can't, or you won't, or you shouldn't, or you don't, then you're never, you're going to get more of what, of, of, uh, you know, what you're creating that way instead of architect language where I get to, I, I want to, I am, you know, all those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Like those are, those already feel, I can feel that in my heart that that just feels so much more like expansive. And so that's another way you can kind of test it out. Like, you know, it, does it feel expansive in your body or does it feel constricted or, you know, conflicted? So, um, 
a lot of times we use language that conflicts with our true desires and it's just really simply paying attention to that. Like, is it true? Yeah. Yeah. Taking inventory. You can't change or shift anything or transform if you first don't take inventory of the like current situation. Yeah. Awareness and consciousness is step number one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. yeah. And, And we see so much of like on, on social media, you're, you were looking at all these things that are telling us about mindfulness and everything. And, you know, it's all over the place, but are we integrating it? Are yeah. you actually doing it every day? You know, that's the yeah. question. Yeah. 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 No, I, I love the phrase. Stop shooting yourself. Or, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm shooting, my, shooting on I'm your shooting my pants. All over the yeah. place. Um, you know, you mentioned this, like, you know, what does it feel like in your body? And I think it's uh, chapter seven uh, titled trust your body. Yeah. It knows what to do. Maybe you can go into that a little bit. Um, it, I know for us, like just the, we've talked about even in the start of the episode, like, Hey, if your body is laughing, if it's singing, if it's using its voice, that might be a sign that it's actually well lean, mm-hmm. lean into yeah. whatever you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so can Absolutely. you explain what this chapter is about a little bit and what does it mean to trust your body? Yeah. I love that. Cause it, it is all about um, so much of what's been happening is all about trust in one's body, right? This past yeah. couple of years, yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, I've, I saw so much of that. I was like, Oh my God, people, there's like a huge disconnect between people and the trust in their bodies. And I've seen my own healing potential, my own, uh, my own body's regenerative capacities and malleability, um, you know, in real time. And I'm like, people have to know about this. This is important information, especially if we want to be able to move to that next level of consciousness that we're trying to do right now. And, um, we got to be able to trust the vehicles that we're in and actually your body, like I say, is working for you, not against you. Mm -hmm. So literally what you're telling your body to do is what it does. It's working for you. So if you're constantly criticizing it or not trusting it or, or, or actually, um, outsourcing it, you know, with, um, other forms of, uh, healing or supposed healing, then, uh, you know, you're going to get, um, those external consequences, you know, I think, but if you aren't trusting the body that you're in, it's, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of anxiety around that because you're, you're not, you're not comfortable with it. Yeah. And there's always this like fix it mentality. I've had so many clients come to me that uh, they're like, they fix one thing and then it's, they need to fix something else. And it's always about fixing something and the something's <laughs> always wrong with them. And mm. when we're coming from a place like that, we are, you know, it's, it's endless and you never can fix it all. And it's, it's never good enough, you know? So, um, one thing that came to me actually during the sound healing after the sound healing workshop was I had this affirmation that came that I am all right. Mm-hmm. I had this belief that I was, when I was young, like your inner child will have the most simple messages to give yeah. you. And it was like that I am all right. And I didn't feel all right in my body when I was younger, because I had all these, I had some adults that projected things onto me, you know, as we all do. And I, I, I had beliefs that like, I needed to like, there's something wrong with me, you know? And, and I had forgotten about that for a while and then realized that it was kind of buried deep in there. And this was part of my subconscious that was really running Mm. some parts of my life. So why can't you trust your body? What is it about that? What did you learn as when you were younger? Right. And what, what just kind of explore that for yourself, because ultimately, um, you know, the body is, 
here for you. So if you, mm-hmm. if you can't trust that, then let we, we start there. And, um, and then once you start bringing in your holistic life principles and health principles, then you can start testing that out and say, sure. okay, the body is responding this way. Cool. You know, and then you get more and more and more and more of that. And you're like, wow. Okay. I don't, I, I, you know, I can, everything happens. It heals itself. You know, it's just mm-hmm. amazing. It just needs support. Yeah. Yeah. I love so, that. That's yeah. so great. Um, next chapter I have on here is chapter 21, get to know your personal rhythm. What do you mean by personal rhythm? Yeah. So this is something that, um, it was kind of a nuanced topic to put in there. Uh, but it's something that occurred to me a long time ago, um, uh, is that we just kind of get swept away with the day. A lot of times if we don't pay attention to our energy mm-hmm. levels during the day or what we need during, sometimes we're like eating on the run and, uh, you know, some of my clients do that. And, um, I, I coach them into finding that rhythm of like when, you know, time, good times to eat, good times to work out, you know, maybe working out in the evening is not good for your body. Maybe there's a better time to do it. There's a time when you're really, your energy is optimal and, uh, you have the, all the, you know, energy to do a workout and that kind of thing. Um, maybe there's a a right time of the day for you to meditate. Maybe there's a right time of the day for you to work really hard, you know, whatever, like find that rhythm for yourself. Because what I found in myself and for my clients as well, is we try, we tend to pack our calendar full of stuff, full of busyness. Right. And, and for me, it was busyness for me was a, um, something I identified as, oh, I'm important. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. People want to see yeah. me oh, yeah. and, you know, it, yeah. and all that. And I'm just like, what is that about? So, um, no time to be bored. Productive no. people are never bored. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So with, uh, with people who are very productive, you know, it's start to, um, look at your calendar is what I say in, in the book and just take off things that aren't going to serve you. What, if it yeah. doesn't light you up, if it's not really speaking to your soul, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there's some things that are obligations, but, um, then take it off your calendar if you can, you know, and, yeah. and don't pile stuff on your calendar that are just busy work that you don't really need or don't light you up. So there's just a, kind of a restructuring of the energy of your day, how you want to spend it. When can you spend time with yourself and reflect, um, you know, just with you prioritizing just time spent with yourself. And then when can, you know, when is it a good time to work out? When is it a good time to eat? When is it a good time to, to work and be productive and those kinds of things. So finding that rhythm for yourself, some people, you know, everybody's different, but, um, for me, I have a certain, you know, uh, rhythm of my day. I like to wake up and and I like to meditate, ease into my day, do some writing. Um, then I'll, I'll see a few clients, then I'll work out and then I'll have my lunch and then I'll, you know, have, see some more clients and then, then wind down, you know, make dinner and that kind of thing. So, um, and, and, you know, I, I try to, now I've blocked my, my day, two days a week off really for time, uh, for myself, mm. either I go hiking or th- these days I'm doing more podcasting, but, um, I, I try to do some, something really nice for myself and take myself on a wellness date or my husband mm. and I will go mm. on a, on a hike together on, on Tuesdays, but, yeah. It's Love just that. kind of fun to do that, you know? Yeah. And so just play around with it and see 
where that takes you. Like, what are mm-hmm. you really desiring to do that you're not doing right now? You know? Yeah. It's like, it's like just one big permission slip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Like no, that's I- the whole thing of reflecting and questioning. Are we like, are we doing this on autopilot or is this really what I want to be doing? You know, like, so, yeah, you know. I think it's safe to just sit and complain about all the obligations that you have, <laughs> but then also just do nothing to yeah. change yeah. it. Right. And so how can, how can it be? Uh, yes. Uh, how mm-hmm. can it, how, how can it work and set those containers in your own life and see what happens? Like, I mean, I'm speaking to myself here because I, I let, let many things into my precious time and, uh, I could do a little better job of just like compartmentalizing where and when I know that I need restoration and play and mm-hmm. connection yeah. and then letting the other quote unquote obligations, um, fill in where they, where they fit after that. If I can reflect back to you in this moment, I, I have seen that there has been a major shift and I would say that you are doing a, a really, uh, a good job at being intentional about that mm. right now. And I, I, I see that in you. So just thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, what about for, uh, let's see, chapter 28, your mood and your food. Yeah. So I was seeing, I was seeing a lot of, um, diet programs that were, uh, reflecting people's physiology and their food, you know, so it's just like a lot of, and again, nothing against programs, you know, there's, they work for some programs work really great for people. Others don't, but there were some that weren't really addressing the blood sugar regulation Mm -hmm. factor of it. And I was like, wait a minute, we need to mood, you know, let's, let's connect with our mood because it it, it is affected by our physiology and how well we're keeping up with that. And that's what I was seeing in my practice. And so uh, I thought I'd include that as well, because I thought that was important for people to reflect on you know, are you like, I use the example of hangry in my, in my book, because it's such a real thing. Like I grew up where my, my parents, um, you know, they would wait till the last minute to eat. And, and then, you know, they would be in this hangry state or be really emotional. And then all of a sudden they'd eat and everything was fine. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wow, okay. There's something to this. <laughs> and I yeah. see it in myself too. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's a practice to keep that blood sugar regulation pretty consistent. And that's, that's my practice. And I felt like other people could be re-experiencing this too, and might be missing that simple, uh, fix for that one. So mm-hmm. that would be good yeah. to explore. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, would- it's huge. I mean, like restrictive eating is just sort of like one and one with most diet culture and just that energy stepping into the relationship with food is going to lead to like other spots of your life where you have this default mode speaking to default modes again of restriction and and elimination and which is the opposite of what we've been talking about which is freedom you know right um you know <laughs> another another chapter that i think is super rad uh is share instead of compare And uh, I think this is so applicable and critical to 2022 (laughs) as we sit in just more than ever an abundance of options to compare ourselves to. Um, But but what what comes up for you and, and what came up for you as you were, you know, writing this chapter? Yeah. As I wrote this chapter, exactly. The age we're in is so much comparing, right? It's just incredible. And um, we can kind of lose ourselves within all the social media comparing. And I was doing that too. And, you know, it, it was, um, 
it's just a for another form of suffering really. Yeah. And, oh God. <laughs> honestly, well I mean, we need that on a t-shirt. Like <laughs> yeah. it really, it really, really is. Okay. You may have never done this, but next time you brush your teeth, turn your toothpaste tube over and take a look at the ingredient list. You'll probably see things like sodium fluoride or sodium lauryl sulfate or sorbitol or artificial colors like blue dye number one. These are major hormone and gut disruptors. Do you see glycerin in the ingredient list? That's made from GMO vegetable oil, my love. It's toxic to your cells and actually blocks your saliva from doing its job in mineralizing your teeth. As a registered dental hygienist and lover of true holistic health, I quit using commercial toothpaste and dental products a long time ago. They just do not meet high standards for long-term health, no matter what seal you see stamped on the front of the tube. The ingredient list doesn't lie. If a product is going into my mouth and into my body multiple times a day, every day, in my opinion, it should be clean, reliable, and free of hormone disruptors and gut irritants. Which is why Chase and I have completely made the switch over to Living Libations dental products. They are packed with ancient healing herbs, gentle oils, and alkaline buffers. Our favorite is the Neem Alkalinizing Toothpaste. Only a tiny dot is needed, but you'll feel your whole mouth come alive as it breaks up bacteria colonies that cause bad breath while keeping your saliva alkaline, which is essential for a healthy mouth. Not to mention your teeth will feel super smooth and polished. To try for yourself, go to livinglibations.com and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount. They have a wide variety of products to choose from and amazing customer service if you have any questions on which product is right for you. When we know better, we can do better. And now, you know. Cheers, boo. I yeah. was just saying to Chase yesterday, like, I am so glad that we were teenagers together without so social media or smartphones. Yeah. Like it was like a treat if you had a phone. Exactly. Text. Yeah. yeah. And that was yeah. enough for us. Like I'm, <laughs> I see what, what teenagers, you know, in my own family, what teenagers have to deal with right now as yeah. their brain is still forming. And these programs are, are, are running really deep, really fast. And comparisonitis is one of those programs. And I'm just so thankful that we didn't have to deal with that in that, in that very yeah. formative kind of scary time as being a, a teenager, but let's be real. This applies to every human, not just teenagers, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Many adults experience. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, yes. And it, with teenagers, it's even more detrimental because their brains are still forming and, you know, that relates that'll follow them through their adulthood and adults, you know, um, yeah, we, you know, I'm kind of in a generation half and half, like half my life. I didn't have anything like that. And then when social media came up, I was like, what is this? And then yeah. it started becoming more of a reality. It didn't really feel real at first. And now it's really, really a part of our lives. So, um, so with that, there's, there's a level of discernment around that. And, uh, what came up for me, especially when I wrote that chapter, the whole di idea for the chapter, uh, in fact, was that, uh, if you're looking at things and you're comparing yourself constantly, 
Um, you know, that is about self-worth, not feeling enough, right? Like you're not doing enough. And, and so, um, it's, it's more about we're identifying ourselves by what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so enable, so you're able to step more into being and just being you and having that unique expression of you. I would um, invite people first to explore that, you know, because that could be something that needs to be brought up or acknowledged about the self-worth and where's that, where's that coming from, you know, because we're not born with no, no self-worth. We, we have, we know who we are are born. Yeah, exactly. And um, then, you know, come to the, what, what came to me as I started to realize a lot of these things is wow, how much more fun is it to celebrate other people's wins? And that makes Mm. it much easier for me to celebrate my wins. And now I think about when I put something out there, it's a share. It's Mm. not necessarily Mm. a competition. So like that was a hard thing for me because I'd been trained to compete for some years with gymnastics. And I was in that mindset of competition. Totally. And when you're in that mindset of competing, uh, especially a lot of young people were, are at that, you know, in that place, um, it's, it's really hard to switch over to that, um, sharing aspect and, and mm-hmm. loving aspect of, of everything and everybody and your, yourself included. So I'm just w- there. I wanted to give people a different perspective of how they can, um, how they can express themselves, how they can show up in the world, um, instead of a more competitive aspect and, and comparing yourself, mm-hmm. drop that and, and start thinking of sharing and realize that you're very unique individual and in your energy that cannot compare with anybody else's. Mm-hmm. There's no comparison. You're very unique. You're like a snowflake. So yeah. it, there's nothing, there's, it's not even possible to compare you to someone else. Yeah. It's not even a yeah. thing. So, you know, no, that's huge. I, I mean, yeah, what you put out comes back to you. And so if you're putting out content, if you're in the space that we are in, uh, from the lens of sharing, from the, from the foundation of sharing, you'll feel like some others are sharing with you. Mm-hmm. And if you're putting yeah. out, if you're, if you're competing connected in your content is co- for competition, you will feel like people are competing with you. Yeah. So a man, I haven't yes. you know necessarily thought of it that way. And, and I really love that. Yeah. that's really, really good. I, I love that. And I know there's people listening right now that are like, just truth bombs are going off in their brain. So, <laughs> um, what about, let's see, Chapter 52, you are unlimited potential. That seems kind of grandiose, Allison. What do you mean by that? (laughs) No, I'm I'm totally being facetious, but no, uh, I know, I know, I know. It does, it does seem very grandiose, actually. But it is, you know, it's so funny. It is on purpose because I want people to understand that there are no limits. We are we're in a place of what's perceived as duality and and you know, limiting beliefs around what, what our potential is. But the reality of it is we there it's unlimited as far as that goes. It's just what you're perceiving is limiting yeah. you basically. So um yeah, I you guys know Roseanne Grace. So I am friends yeah. with her and I work with her uh pretty frequently. And we've talked about this so many times, and I, I learned a lot about that from her. And so if we're thinking about ourselves just in the physical. And what we've learned about the physical, yes, we're going to have a lot of limiting beliefs about that and what Mm -hmm. the potential is there. But if we can expand ourselves out to our energetic bodies and think about how far those can go, you know, because that's part of us too. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I mean, there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of potential also to manifest into the physical reality with that. Mm-hmm. So, wow, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. It's really? It's like kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and, love that. I, I love, oh, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, I, no, go I ahead. love thinking about humans. Each of us are our own little vehicle of untapped potential. You think about all the inventions, all the discoveries, all the new ideas, and that yeah. had to originate from inside someone's mind and and then they apply their body, their, their skills, uh, to make that a reality in our world. And, and it has to start from somewhere. And, and I just, I love seeing people and, and seeing myself that way that like, uh, that I am this vehicle of untapped, not necessarily untapped, but just like you said, like unlimited or, or just like, it's never going to run dry. Your no, no. Even as yeah. you achieve, it's there's always more. There is. And, and it's, it's, you know, it, it really comes down to people. I think sometimes that becomes overwhelming and until somebody sure. realizes what their desires are. And so in my opinion, your desires are leading you to your destiny. This is your purpose here. Like this is kind of, they're kind of little clues that are dropped about where, you know, kind of where your next, uh, mm-hmm. inspiration comes from or where you want to like be guided. And that's how I've used it in my life. And so, um, it's really truly shown me what I'm capable of, which keeps getting to be more and more. Mm-hmm. So I'm open to, you know, whatever, uh, wherever it takes me. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where you, you, you really don't know what you're truly capable of until you start opening yourself up to that. So, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe last one on, on, you know, chapter teasing, uh, would be living in the vibration of bliss and joy. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this one. So the vibration of joy and bliss, everything I talk about in my book brings you all the way back to this point, right? So this is the highest vibration or these are some of the highest vibrations of our expression. And, um, you know, it's really everything I talk about is bringing you back to a true presence within yourself, which brings you into a pure love frequency. And, um, you can't, there's no way to become present with yourself until you get into your appreciation and then, um, feel the, feel the joy within your life, experience that joy, so, um, I wanted to leave <clears throat> as if, if you've noticed my book gets really much simpler as it goes with, and so by the end, it's very simple. Mm. You know, this is where we're, it's kind of brings you back home to yourself, which is pure love. And, uh, and then you're seeing the oneness and everything. You're actually not having to do anything because you've resolved everything that's pushing you to do it. Yeah. Like you're doing it out of joy of doing it, but you're not doing it because you feel like you have to, or you have to prove anything anymore. You need to, you know, push through these uh, unresolved traumas or anything like that. It's more of a motivation of just doing it for the love of doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're, we're heading, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like living in a way that is, it's like upstream solutions to the potential of downstream flooding. We spend our life trying to deal with the downstream flooding of all of these, mm-hmm. you know, manifestations of choices and mindsets and way these, you know, perspectives, uh, ways that you live your life. And if we could just like pivot that upstream, we'll prevent all of these things, time, mm-hmm. energy, resources into fixing the problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's no, like, 
I write this in the book too. There, there's a, we feel like there's a big gap between um, kind of becoming what we want to become, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is ultimately nothing. So, uh, <laughs> which is the ironic part, right? It's a yeah. paradox. So, uh, but there's no bridge to gap. It's just us having an experience of ourselves. So we go through all of this stuff, not to be, you know, critical of what we're, what we've been through, but be like, oh, wow, I learned all this stuff from all of that, all those Mm -hmm. experiences, but it just brought me back home to what I came from. Right. So I love that. I love that. The, the more enlightened, whatever word you want to get, the more enlightened (laughs) or the more free we become, the simpler life usually gets exactly. And really seeing the beauty and love and joy in you know, small things like your partner's irises or a leaf on the ground or standing and listening to the ocean, like all of these things, they're not grandiose ideas, but the more we dwindle away uh, or peel back what we're doing or what we've accumulated because other people say that we should, or we see other people doing it and they look happy. So I want to do that for myself. Once you peel away all of that and you're living a life that you have proactively created and that every aspect of your life is an expression of the real you. Yeah. Things seem to get much simpler. And uh, I love that you, that you leave readers with that because it's, it's certainly something to be attained, but it's also something that we can have right now, right now. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think it's Paul who talks about, you know, whether it's finding purpose or finding God or finding uh, evolving and, and enlightenment that it's, it's kind of like chasing the horizon yeah. and that it's this yeah. consistent, yeah. you know, trying to find the horizon only to realize that it's still off in the distance. I mean, I have one sort of like yeah. addition to that is, is that, was that the event horizon that he said? Yeah. yeah. The event horizon. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And I, I have one sort of like, you know, supplement to that, which would be, you can watch the horizon from a beautiful mountaintop as well, or from the beach. And so the pursuit isn't one of like defeat, like, oh, you're all, you're never going to quite figure it out. I think you can continue to just find further evolved places of, of um, acceptance of this kind of constant pursuit that can be really beautiful, fulfilling and satiating. Like you would find, you know, seeing the horizon from your, your porch deck is a little bit different than being on the top of a mountain. It still seems like it's in the distance and it still seems like it's, you know, out of reach, but you can be in a more, uh, you know, blissful, um, higher vibrated, vibrating state just by where you're putting yourself and, mm-hmm. and you know, staying on this course of just constantly uh, seeking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, Beautifully said. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Well, thank you so much for that synopsis. I, I, uh, I, I know that there's going to be some people who are just getting there, what did you say? You're wetting the whistle. Wetting the whistle. Yeah. The whistle, <laughs> the whistle has been wetted. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyone listening, and this is this, these are striking chords with you. Definitely grab her book, Finally Thriving. It's it is amazing. I've uh, had the pleasure to read uh much of it. And um, you know, as, as much as I feel like I've <clears throat> learned in this life, there's always more. Yes. And and just 
getting someone else's perspective on how, how they view thriving and what even that means. And we all have different definitions. It's, it's a, it's a really beautiful perspective. So just want to honor you. that. And, and thank you for gifting the world with something like this that is needed so much. Oh, thank you guys so much. Yeah. This has yeah. been wonderful. I really appreciate so that. Fun. Well, we, we, um, we have a, a little cluster of rapid fire questions uh, <laughs> that we ask again, every guest, the medicine is all about creating conscious relationships with ourselves, with our partner, with God, with, with movement, with food, all of these very conscious relationships and leaning into the real medicines that, that allow us to do that. And so we'd like to hear from you. Um, we'll start with your body. What currently feels like medicine for your body right now? <laughs> Definitely my voice. Yeah. Mm. The sound healing I experienced mm. through my voice right now has been so much, such great medicine. Yeah. I love that. Ah, that's a, that's we're going to have to get your uh, voice coach contact info. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, be, definitely. Um, yeah. I can send that to you guys. Yeah. yeah. What, what feels like medicine for your mind right now? Mm, medicine for my mind. I feel like, um, well, a couple of things come to mind, <laughs> uh, for my mind, I would say pot. I love podcasting. I love yeah. listening to different podcasts, yeah. you know, and different perspectives. It really exercises my mind to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. So for me, like really opening up my perspective to different ways of thinking is really fun for me. So I, I really love that. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. What about for your relationship or your relationships? What feels like medicine right now? Yeah. So we are in a, a, a mode of humor and play. Like we're, mm. we're just kind of tapping into that in a very creative ways. Like we'll just like sing together. We'll make these voices or do some <laughs> like little impromptu acting thing or, you know, it's it. kind of, it's really impromptu at this point. Like it's really fun and um, spontaneous. So mm. that has been a lot of good medicine for my relationship. Yeah. Play is so critical to keep the spark alive. Oh, yes. and yeah. It's it's something that we're learning now, you know, in our early thirties, uh, that we had when we were 16 and it yeah, right? lit right. it away. <laughs> exactly. And now we're, we're bringing it back with full force. And, and <sighs> we, we do the same where we just get in modes of silliness or play or just allowing each other to be weird and oh, yeah. say weird yeah, things exactly. and do weird things and just like <laughs> leaning into it together. And it, it really yeah. does. It feels silly in the moment, but it is uh, such a, uh, it's like kindling for the fire in the relationship. Yeah. You surprise each other. Cause you think yeah. when you live with someone, you think, you know, them, yeah. and then they'll surprise you like, Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, person, totally. I love it. You know, had that capability or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, yeah. it's just like, wow. Like, <laughs> yep. It's keeping you always yeah. curious with your partner. That's for sure. Right. Well, where can people, uh, get the book? Certainly it's probably everywhere and, and, uh, on Amazon <laughs> and all the things, but is there any website that you want to point people to, or, uh, where could they connect with you further? Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's heavily, it's most available on uh, Amazon. Of course, um, they can, uh, excuse me, they can find it. there. finally thriving your guide to empowered wellness. And I have a website called finallythrivingbook.com. They can find it there as well. Um, I believe it's distributed to most any bookstore at this point. So they, you probably can find it at your local bookstore, Barnes and Noble, that kind of thing. Cool. Um, and uh, I'm working on an audiobook. I'll be done with that at the end of May. So that'll be available on all audiobook for, uh, platforms as well as um, I think Audible. 
and okay. that kind of thing. So that's coming out cool. soon, but yeah, it'll be my voice. So awesome. if you want to listen to my voice for four or five hours, then, Hey, this is the thing for <laughs> you. It. Yeah. And, and are you on <laughs> social media at all? Or, or, uh, do you hang out there at all? I know people are going to yeah. check that. Yeah. So I have, um, Instagram, I'm pure energy PDX on that. And uh, I have a coaching business. So that's what that was uh, originally for. Um, and, uh, I have a program that's going to be coming out with the book as well. So that's coming out this summer. It's called finally thriving program. It's going to be a 12 week, uh, group coaching course and, uh, live coaching each week. And a course comes with that, which is taking really key principles of the book and helping people integrate those, mm -hmm. um, and coaching them through it. It's going to be it. super fun. Uh, we're going to use voice. We're going to use, we're going to help. I'm going to help everybody with, um, creating a different, cultivating a different relationship with their food and their movement and finding their energy signature and all of these kind of fun things. Cool. I just want to bring the playback. It's been so boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for all that. information. Uh, yeah. Of course, we'll have all the links in the show notes, you guys. So check there. Um, Allison, thank you. We are, I also we're have so a show called integrate yourself. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> integrate yeah. yourself podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So integrate yeah. yourself podcast. You can also find me there as well. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. yeah lots yeah. of places. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Allison. This was a pleasure. You are just a, you. An, an angel and we're so happy to know you in this life and, and be connected with you and uh, you're here. doing amazing things. Thank you guys. I'm, I'm so grateful I met you and I hope we see each other again soon. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure we sure. will. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys go check out Finally Thriving and we will talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, along with the discounts, visit themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes for this episode. Until next time, cheers, boo.